Remember days we was down bad. Remember days we was down bad. I remember we was down bad. This 2020 will not leave us alone. It's always something, and last night was the most stunning of all. Welcome back, everybody. Thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of the Being Technical Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Aaron Bien, where I'm being technical and not practical. I appreciate y'all for taking time out your day or your night or your week, whenever you plan on listening to this episode and taking time and listening to what I got to say and how technical I may be. For those, for those new listeners out there, you can also check me out. You can subscribe to my episodes on all platforms. I'm available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can also subscribe straight from the Anchor app. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Being Technical Podcast. Listen to all previous episodes. If you, you know, if you got time out your day to catch up, you know, if you feel like listening to your boy, hey, go ahead, check me out. But for my new listeners starting on this episode, I do have a lot to cover on this episode. Man, does 2020 not get weirder and wilder by the day? It's almost like you may have a string of a few couple good days and then boom, something just happens just like that. It's like it's an event after event after crazy event leading up and then now we're here. Just think, you know, the NBA, the NBA bubble was out in full effect. They had a you know a couple good series out there. The Clippers and the Mavericks were having a good series. I know the Blazers, the Lakers finally you know caught their tune and uh, was on the verge, on the cusp of eliminating the Portland Trail Blazers. I know Damian Lillard was getting injured and they were just wore out, and you could just tell that the Lakers' superiority was overtaking their. They got back to their old form and showed that they were the more superior top team in the West, and they were on the cusp of finishing off the Portland Blazers, as well as the Milwaukee Bucks are on the cusp of ending the Orlando Magic. Obviously, the Raptors and the Celtics swept their respective series. They finished off the Nets, as well as, I believe, the uh, Boston Celtics finished off the Philadelphia 76ers. But... But before we were able to get to the second round, I know that the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers, even with Damian Lillard reporting out for the series with a knee injury, I know McCollum is suffering a uh, small fracture in his back. Just when we thought when those series were going to end, boom, we get another police shooting of an unarmed black man, this time in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in which a young or a, a mid-30s black man, either way, a black man by the name of Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back by police for breaking up a fight. Fortunately for him, he was able to survive the shooting, but unfortunately he was left paralyzed most likely for the rest of his life. And obviously another event in which a, a black man was shot and gunned down 
by police leading to an uproar and protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. But I will get to that a little bit, little bit later. But with those protests ironically led to an, uh, an armed 17-year-old white kid from Illinois drive to Kenosha, Wisconsin and shoot protesters and... The crazy part about it is the police didn't do anything about it. They let this kid sh walk. First of all, he's not even old enough to even carry a weapon of that sort. Then he went out of his way to drive all the way from Illinois to Wisconsin to shoot protesters. And killing two people and police wouldn't arrest him till the next day. So, police had enough courage, had enough in them to shoot a black man who, uh, well, apparently they tried to say he had a knife. So, they went out of their way to shoot an unarmed black man seven times during the spur of that, spur of the moment, seven times in the back, but... Didn't do anything to a 17-year-old white kid carrying an AR long rifle all around town shooting people. And they didn't do anything until people started pointing him out and saying, hey, he's shooting people. And that's the crazy part that is just insane. That a kid that they were willing and able to police were found a unarmed black man more of a threat without a gun of supposedly carrying a knife he was more of a threat to them than a 17 year old kid carrying a loaded automatic rifle with a scope on it that should honestly that should tell you right there and then the mindset of these police officers the mindset of these police departments and I will dive on that later because those events led to an aftermath of nationwide sports protest and boycott which first started with the Milwaukee Bucks uh take boycotting their matchup their game five matchup with the Orlando Magic that they were they were on the cusp of finishing off the Orlando Magic I believe they were up 3-1 and they didn't first of all they were just like this is bigger than our basketball game or they because when you think about it the milwaukee bucks are basically the hometown team of kenosha wisconsin i believe milwaukee is about 45 40 45 minute drive from kenosha wisconsin about 30 40 miles so you could basically say uh milwaukee is a um, kenosha wisconsin is a suburb of of uh milwaukee and for those that don't know i mean i am from the midwest when you think of Kenosha and Milwaukee they are two basically two different cities from Wisconsin there's Wisconsin and there's Milwaukee and for those that have never been to Wisconsin if you drive through Wisconsin all you do is see farm and you see cows and you smell manure and all you see is barn and then until you get to Milwaukee you start seeing you know so many different types of people it's like you see, there's so many black people that live in Milwaukee and Kenosha, and it's like, dang, am I in the same state? Is this still Wisconsin? This can't be. But anyways, I digress on that. But 
the Milwaukee Bucks, led by Giannis, decided where we're not even gonna play. We're not gonna we're gonna boycott this game in in protest of the shooting because it felt like it was close to home for them. And big ups to George Hill being the emotional leader of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, speaking out on social injustice and police brutality. And they had enough courage when they said, you know what? Enough is enough. Business is not usual. We don't feel comfortable playing basketball out there when they are innocent black men and women, people of color being gunned down by police and there's no justice served. And then, and that also led to protest across the league and that led to lebron james he first of all started tweeting and he said i i quote f this we need change i'm sick of it and leading from that milwaukee bucks protest the los angeles lakers said you know what we're not playing either and the los angeles clippers said you know what we're not playing either also and the rockets and the thunder was like you know what we're not all we're not gonna play either because you know why they decided that there was bigger things, bigger issues to worry about in society than a basketball game in the bubble. And I commend the basketball players, mainly LeBron James, because he is the most obviously the most powerful voice in all of professional basketball. And for him to willingly sacrifice I, basically, this is his 17th year, and this could be one of his final years that he is uh, that he can win a championship. And I know his career is uh, dwindling, but also trying to improve his legacy off the court because LeBron James, as you may know, is not only trying to cement his legacy on the court as well as his accomplishments. He's also trying to cement his legacy off the court. He's more focused on what he doesn't want to be just remembered as a oh he was a great basketball player who won multiple championships and that's it lebron james which i commend about him he's willing to speak up on social issues social injustice and a player of his stature knowing he's the powerful most powerful voice in arguably all of sports basically he he is the un unofficial second commissioner in the NBA just like Patrick Beverly said if Braun says we hoping we hoping if Braun also says we not hoping we not hoping because in their meeting that he had what they had uh prior I think their 8 p.m meeting that they had a few days ago on the uh season on the bubble and if they should continue the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers were willing to give up their season and pack up and go that shows how powerful lebron james and that lebron james is and how much he matters to the nba that he was willing to get up and go give up his mind you the los angeles lakers were the betting favorites to win the national uh, the win the nba finals and this issue was that important to lebron james in which he was willing to secede and give up his opportunity to win a NBA championship for the greater good of society so their voice can be heard. It That that truly will go down when you look back at LeBron James's career and you look back and say, man, LeBron James wasn't just only a basketball player. He just wasn't a great basketball player. He 
was a man of morals. He was a man that stuck up for the people. He was the voice for those unheard. He was willing to use his powerful voice to for the common good, just for for the daily struggle. Because when you think about it, people look at LeBron James as in as a as a role model. And LeBron James knowing for the future of his kids, knowing he's trying to improve not only life for young black men and black women in America and also leading a path for his kids to live in a better society. LeBron James once like I've been saying in previous episodes, he will go down as one of the greatest basketball players. And not only the greatest basketball players, but the most influential athletes to have played in professional sports. And I commend LeBron James for his efforts as well as George Hill for speaking up on the the uh, issues that were going on in uh Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Giannis using his platform, his voice being the star of the Milwaukee Bucks, saying, "You know what? I don't want to play. I'm not going to play because I'd rather have, I'd rather have this uh, situation. That uh, social injustice means more to me than a basketball game." And they were willing to sacrifice their their earnings for the common good. And not only that, during the post-game show the in, inside the NBA with Ernie Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smith, and Charles Barkley. Kenny Smith, in solidarity with the players, walked off the set because he couldn't emotionally handle what was going with, with what was going on. He with the solidarity player, he walked off set and then it was boycotting the episode. Even Chris Webber had a emotional uh, statement, an emotional uh interview he had and where she shared how these events have touched him because you got to remember these athletes these players are black men first black men before they were professional athletes so these situations like this strikes them and it because they know growing up before they were professional athletes before they were famous they endured these type of social injustices growing up and it, it strikes a nerve to them because it's you know it could to them, they could have saw it was like it could. But if it wasn't for the NBA, I could have been in that same situation, or a family member could have been in that same predicament, and something like that that would touch a nerve, touch an emotion. I I, I don't blame them for doing what they did, and using that moment and showing the public that these things matter to them, that they're willing to walk off set, make people uncomfortable. Because a protest and a boycott doesn't get the message across until it makes people uncomfortable. Protests aren't supposed to be comfortable. Boycotts aren't supposed to be comfortable. Conversations like this aren't supposed to be comfortable. But things don't happen. Things don't change until you make you make them uncomfortable and you wake up wake people up to what's going on in society and they're willing to. You know what? I'm finally starting to see. You know, starting to see it in their shoes. They may never experience the type of, you know, events that they will, you know, in their lives. But for them to, for that to inconvenience for others, you know, the majority, you know, sports are a, you know, they use it as a way to escape reality as their form of entertainment or whatever they uh, watch sports for, for whatever reasons. And when they when they see these athletes and broadcasters and players using these platforms to wake up the country and society 
I think we'll start to see true change, but we won't see true change until people are inconvenienced. And to be honest, we, the media, as well as other media personnel, oh, Kyrie Irving, an apology, because Kyrie Irving, a few months back, was one of the main advocates in protesting and boycotting and playing until and focus on social reforms and social injustices so people called him crazy people said we oh we should play don't worry we can use playing basketball as a way to wake up society but in reality Kyrie Irving who I am I, I applaud he is the most misunderstood basketball player most actually most misunderstood athletes in all of sports and for how he was crucified for even making a statement and saying hey we should boycott playing professional sports or playing in the bubble until we see true change we you can use this moment to focus on social reforms and the backlash you got and then we fast forward to today and game, fast forward to the today this week and you see that games are being boycotted and teams are willing to leave the bubble to focus on social reforms i think Kyrie irving deserves an apology not only from Stephen a i know Stephen a smith had a lot to say about it he he's owed apology from all the sports broadcaster media personnel that ridiculed him for this for his beliefs and his idea because Kyrie irving made a pretty valid point if you pretty valid statement a pretty valid point if you ask me and we y'all owe him an apology and not only that even other sports leagues followed the WNBA even boycotted a few of their games in in wake of the shooting big shout out to the Washington Mystics wearing sending wearing those t-shirts with each player weighing a letter of Jacob Blake's name and then putting the seven gunshot on the back of the t-shirt sending the message and letting people know what seven bullet shots look to the back big shout out to the washington mystics for their for their message for those t-shirts also the the major mlb major league baseball even boycotted games milwaukee brewers and the cincinnati reds postponed their game in boycott the twins and the tigers postponed their game also my minnesota twins in solidarity and with the in the wake of the shooting even major league soccer mls even postponed it and boycotted games and not only that it even spilled over over to the nhl even the nhl the last league i would have ever thought would boycott in wake of social injustice even they were willing to boycott and postpone games in wake of the shooting. And that speaks a lot. That speaks volume. That all these sports organizations and leagues are willing to suspend games and profits and revenue in wake of social injustice and social reforms. I applaud all these leagues for using their platform to wake up the country. Big shout out to them. So far, so far the NBA, the WNBA, Major MLB, the MLS, and the NHL have all boycotted their respected leagues, boycotted games and postponed games in wake of the shootings and the social injustice that continuously seem to ravage this country 
And we're missing one league, though. One league is missing in all this, as always. The NFL. Obviously, the NFL season has not yet started, but they seem to be the same league that is always caught in the fire when it comes to social injustice on and they seem to be the league that most silences and oppresses their players voices i'm curious to see how the nfl is going to handle the other leagues boycotting their games because when you see obviously the nfl players are tuned to seeing and watching their fellow professional athlete peers out there uh, getting their voices heard, boycotting games, showing that their their voices and their actions are powerful and that they are they run their respected leagues. And the NFL is sitting back. The players are sitting back. I know, I know Kenny Steeles has been one of the main advocates of the social injustice and the social reforms. Malcolm Jenkins also. And I'm and I'm curious to see with two weeks remaining until the NFL season starts how the NFL will go by handling the this event moving forward will they be a league that boycotts games could you see the NFL boycotting a Sunday or a Monday night game in the wake of a a social injustice event such as a police shooting a police beating or a racial event or are they going to silence their critics? Because when you look at the timeline, let's just remember, let's, let's go back four years. Matter of fact, ironically, four years to this date in August, August 26, 2016, Colin Kaepernick kneeled and spoke out about social injustice. And he began his kneeling of the national anthem before every game. And what did the NFL NFL do to Colin Kaepernick. He got so much backlash from the from Amer- uh, other Americans and other owners. And for look at fast forward, he was basically blackballed from the NFL. S- voice was silenced, and he hasn't played a game in the NFL. Hasn't been signed by another NFL team in the last four years. And so, and then you hear Roger Goodell. Fast forward till today, uh, speak on a podcast, I believe, or he did an interview in which he wished he listened to Colin Kaepernick and he wished he listened to him more about the social injustice. And my opinion, I think that's a lot of bull bullshit because where we are today, I think the NFL feels the heat that they shunned Colin Kaepernick from the NFL and so he wants to Roger Goodell wants to voice his uh, sentiment and was like, oh, I wish I listened to Colin Kaepernick now. But he didn't say that four years ago when NFL owners were reluctant to sign him, where they got the backlash. Roger Goodell wasn't there for his defense when Donald Trump was saying, oh, those son of a bitches that kneel, they should be thrown out the league, fired. Where were you then, Roger Goodell? 
when you were being shunned by the president, by other owners, by other former coaches or so-called patriots in which they say Colin Kaepernick was a disgrace to America and he was disrespecting the flag. You didn't care for him then because he was hurting your bottom line and he was getting you were getting so much backlash. But now when you see other commissioners such as Adam Silver, such as commissioners in the MLB and the MLS and the WNBA willing to listen to their players, now you feel bad, right? Now you feel bad that you basically did Colin Kaepernick so dirty in which he spoke about this four years ago in which everybody brushed him off was like, no, that's not happening. That was an isolated event. He's he's disrespecting the flag. And we're here fast forwarding four years to today in which the same points, the same topics that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for and was trying to bring attention to such as police shooting, police brutality, racial injustice. There seems to be continuous events leading up to this. And now Roger Goodell was like, wow, those other commissioners seem to be sticking up in in solidarity with their players. And I had that same opportunity four years ago, and I basically got Colin Kaepernick shunned and blackballed out of the league. That should tell you something about the NFL. And when you think about it, will the NFL really, truly let their players have the same voice that the players in the NBA and Major League Baseball and the Major League Soccer, as well as even leagues in in, in um, soccer leagues in Europe, will they allow their players to have the same voice? Well, if other players said, you know what, we want to boycott a Sunday with the NFL and the, and the commissioner, let that happen. Just think that for a minute as the season approaches. And we're still seeing feeling the, the wrath of these so-called, I guess they're not isolated events because they keep happening through time. And will these players... Well, be given the same opportunity to voice their, you know, let their voices be heard? Or will these owners basically treat these athletes like slaves and say, you know what, I pay you, you don't have the right to speak? And the NFL is different from these other leagues because in the NFL, it's a violent sport. So that A, these players' careers don't last as long as, let's just say, the NBA or the MLB or the MLS. Their careers are short. Their contracts are not guaranteed. And there's so many players on a roster that, let's just say if a wide receiver, let me use as an example, all of BC Johnson speaks out and tries to get his voice heard and says he's willing to boycott a game in wake of social reform. Would he be given that same platform as, let's just say, George Hill? Because George Hill's contract's guaranteed. What would the NFL and these owners do? They would just cut him and replace him with another player because a lot of these players aren't given the same guaranteed contract, the same comfort that these other leagues do. And the NFL being the most powerful league that they are, in my opinion, think, I feel like they have the most impact to make a difference because they are the most highly watched professional sports league in arguably, if not America, in the world. They gross the most money. They have the most viewers. And they are hands down America's sport. 
And so if the NFL was willing to stick up for their players and willing to let their voices be heard, that's where I truly believe change would happen. If the NFL was willing to get out of their own greed, because with the NFL, they're the, I mean, all the other NFL, all the other leagues do care about their bottom line, but when you when you truly see it, the NFL is the most gruesome, cutthroat league in all of professional sports. Just because of how it's oh the next man up, and how they have such a slave slave owner mentality, and how these owners. Um, Treat their players, and it's like, oh, I own you, so you do what I tell you. Even Jerry Jones is an example. When the George Floyd uh, murder happened back in Minneapolis about a month or so ago, and players were speaking up, Jerry Jones didn't say a word. He was radio silent. He wasn't, but he wasn't there to stick up. Oh, he he, he says these phony lines and such as, oh, I'm going to, you know. Uh, let's let's com- let's compromise and try to make a difference. BS. Because he feels that since he pays these athletes, he feels he owns their rights and he can control their voice. And as long as they he's on their payroll, these players are on their payroll. They do what he says, and they will act in such uh, act accordingly, or they'll get cut. And that's the problem I have with the NFL. And I'm curious to know. So obviously the NFL they. Some teams canceled practices. Uh, I know the Vikings uh, social media account released a statement. Obviously, the Minnesota Vikings also had to deal with uh, the the protest that broke out in Minneapolis over the murder of George Floyd. Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens released a statement, but it's just skipping practice. I know the Detroit Lions also skipped practice, but is skipping practice just enough? Or does the NFL feel like they they owe their players a little bit more gratitude? Are they going to make make a difference? And there was one team that caught my attention that didn't really say much. The Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers also play in Wisconsin. And they didn't have a single thing to say about the shooting of Jacob Blake. Because I went through their social media account. And I was like, oh, let's see if the Packers are going to say something. And, you know, are they going to speak in wake of the, the shooting of Jacob Blake? Not a peep. The Milwaukee Bucks boycotted the game. The Milwaukee Brewers just postponed their game and boycotted their game. But the Green Bay Packers didn't say a word. Didn't say anything. Didn't post anything. But all they did was they skipped practice. You didn't hear a word from Aaron Rodgers. Didn't hear a word from their social media account. So that should tell you all you need to know about the NFL. Because at the end of the day, all they care is about their bottom line. And they just want to kind of stay under the radar and hope in hopes that people forget about what was going on. And we can get back to football. Which brings me to my next topic. Obviously, you see you go on social media, you you know, if you go click on, you know, an ESPN tweet and or a uh, 
Bleacher Report tweet or, you know, whatever any one of these sports, you know, channels and broadcasts that say what they have to say and they'll post something about, you know, social injustice or a political stance. And you always see people always tweeting, whether it's real accounts such as trolls or whatever, they always say, oh, I wish sports weren't so political. Oh, I wish I miss when they used to just play sports. The whole, oh, why don't they just shut up and dribble? Why is it when the athletes want to speak on a political issue, it's, oh, I wish sports weren't so political. Oh, why can't they just go back and play? Why is it an issue when, the, when these athletes want to say something and all these so-called fans and trolls always have something to say about these athletes and their political stance, but when the owners show their political affiliations and political stance, how come nobody says anything about the owners? Why is it everybody keeps thinking politics and sports shouldn't coexist? When in reality, like I've said in previous episodes, sports and politics go hand in hand. Oh, when LeBron says something, oh, he should shut up and dribble. But when his former owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Dan Gilbert, hosts a Republican convention at Quicken Loans Arena. Nobody says anything. Isn't he, a, isn't he a sports owner? But why does he get to hold a Republican convention in the, in the same arena that LeBron James plays in? How come he can show his political affiliations, but LeBron James can't? Why is it Donald Trump can speak about kneeling? Uh, he can speak about the NFL and all oh, players shouldn't kneel. They're disrespecting the flag. The president can spew his political agenda and associate himself with sports, but the professional, but the athlete can't say anything. Oh, when the athletes say something, oh, they they aren't allowed. It's sports. Just leave sports and sports and keep sports out of politics. But these poli- but these owners can. Donate to a political campaign, whether what depending on whatever party they affiliate with, they donate to that political uh, affiliation, that party. But nobody says anything. Oh, this owner donated two million dollars to Trump's campaign. But does anybody say, oh, why is he? Why does he just shut up and sign all the best players? Why does he get to have a political opinion? People, politics and sports go hand in hand. I don't know how. Why you guys cannot comprehend that? Like, for example, when a new arena, a sports arena gets built in your town. Let's just say the when U.S. Bank Stadium was getting built in Minneapolis. How do you think Ziggy Wilf was able to get funding for that stadium? He had to go to the politicians in the state and lobby for the money in order to build that stadium in Minneapolis, right? He had, to, he had to lobby and sway the politician, politicians in the state in order to get funding for that new stadium. So polit, polit, your tax dollars and politicians sway and have influence on your team being able to be for your team to play a home game in that town that they represent in order for you to be able to watch them every Sundays. But then you want to say, oh, politics and sports should be left out. Why is it then? Why come you don't say anything when these owners are make, are, are lobbying with politicians, politicians? But when the athletes want to speak up on it, oh, oh, you should. They should just play. Why? I miss when sports weren't all so political. 
sports and politics have been hand in hand since sports have began. Whether you like it or not. So when the when the uh, when the NFL has a deal with the United States Army, in which they fly fighter jets during the national anthem during week one. So just watch week one when the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Or go back to previous games when you see fighter jets and uh, flying around, flying across an NFL game. Is that not a political statement? Why is it then? How come you don't bat an eye then? But when a, when an athlete wants to voice his opinion. And use this platform, it's an issue with the with the with the players. So if you're going to criticize the players for their political stance, keep that same energy when these owners and the commissioners of these sports leagues donate to a political campaign. Keep that same energy with them. So if you truly don't want politics and sports, tell your owners don't donate to a political party. Tell your owners don't lobby with politicians to get a new stadium, a new arena. Keep that same energy with them. So I want you to think up on that. Anyways, y'all go. I'm, I'm out. I've already had enough. Anyways, because my blood's boiling, and I know y'all don't want. I know he does. I, I know you've been watching me. Anyways, that's my time for today. Before they throw me out this game. Yeah. Anyways, I'm leaving. Anyways, thank y'all for tuning into this episode of the Being Technical Podcast. Remember to subscribe. You can tune and listen to me on all platforms. I'm available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can stream me straight from the Anchor app. Give me a subscribe. You can give me a five-star rating on all apps. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Being Technical Podcast. You can also follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, Just Being Aaron. Also, big shout-outs to my executive producer, KV7Winners. Give a follow to him. Give him some listen. We out. Anyways, I'm out. Peace out. That's my time. I'm out. He didn't say a word. Technical foul, Wallace. He's gone. Oh, oh. Straight, that shit's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what isn't supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me Devil too close to me, devil too close to me I see my enemies turn friendly and get close to me I see they moving from a distance, they approach me I don't trust nobody, the burner make them toast to me Used to get blessings from my grandma before I leave out for my day She the reason that I'm here, no any day could be my day Countless nights at situations that ain't almost go my way I'm still standing by my mission, I'ma do this shit my way Remember laying on my deathbed, I couldn't speak, my body bleeding, I was restless They stuffed them cues down through my throat cause I was breathless My mama never left my side, she was my best friend I seen the tears run out her eyes and it was endless Ain't had no fear up in my heart, my soul was stressless He done blessed me with a chance when I was helpless I promise I would never lose and I forget this Remember me said if I die today, know what I tried to say it's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family
changes in my life, no, I need changes So many people around me, but they feel like strangers Don't get too close to me, you know I get anxious I seen the devil, I hope God sent me some angels We in a crisis, walk outside and feel like we at war My block is ISIS, turn the TV on them bodies dropping We can't fight this, I survived the day But we don't treat it like it's priceless When we at them funerals, the only time we righteous Yeah I need blessings on me I know many niggas want their weapons on me I know I've been paranoid, I watch them closely But I just heard my nigga got shot by his homie Damn, that shit so cold to me Can't nobody tell me nothing, my hood still got hope in me I just want my millions, don't want nobody to notice me No killer, but no nigga getting close to me Said if I die today, know what I try to say Straight, that shit's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what isn't supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me